0: When it came to be my turn on that day, I remember being so completely terrified and so nervous that my hands wouldn't stop shaking. I couldn't keep them still. If I close my eyes right now, as I'm talking to you, I have my eyes closed and I'm picturing that moment and I can still see my little hands shaking in front of me as I'm trying to hold on to my little cardboard cue cards. Oh, I can still see it. It's so, it, it burned into my, into the movie of my mind, my friend. I can see that. I can feel the heat on my face as I'm feeling so embarrassed because my hands don't stop shaking and I can hear some of the kids kind of giggling as my hands shake. And then the worst possible thing happens. I drop my cards. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. This is the podcast for motivated English learners who want to speak English fearlessly and learn practical tips and strategies to conquer the self-up exam. I also love to feature encouraging interviews with regular people, people just like you, who are working towards becoming fluent in English so we can learn from their experiences, together. Who am I? My name is Aaron Nelson. I've been an English teacher for over 16 years, and I now work to help students prepare for the SELPIP exam through online classes. Today, I'd like to talk with you about your self-talk. No, this is not going to be woo-woo, or weird, or strange, no. Self-talk is something that is practical and very real, and you need to be paying attention to it. So, first of all, let's talk about what self-talk is, and then we're going to talk about how it can be impacting you, especially if it's negative, negative self-talk. But the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines self-talk as being the talk or the thoughts that are directed at oneself. I'm going to say that again. Self-talk is the talk or the thoughts that are directed at oneself. I'd like to add to that, that self-talk is what you say to yourself about yourself. And John Acuff Uh, a writer and a comedian and a public speaker and a podcast host, he wrote a book called Soundtracks, which is all about dealing with our thoughts and our self-talk, what we say about ourselves, what we think about ourselves. It's a really good book. And he writes that your thoughts are a personal soundtrack for your life. I like that quote. I'm going to say it again. Your thoughts are like a personal soundtrack for your life. So we're going to dig into that a little bit more. Self-talk and its power, especially its negative power, because for some strange reason, I don't know if you've found this to be true, but I sure have. Self-talk tends to be negative, at least for me it tends to have some very nasty things to say about me. My thoughts about myself or about what I'm trying to do are often tainted with darkness. They're often tainted negatively. And to begin to illustrate that, I want to share a couple of stories with you about how negative self-talk has impacted me. And as I was thinking about this episode, I immediately thought of three. And just three. I mean, I could probably come up with pages of it, but three of them jumped to mind. Two of them happened when I was little, when I was a child. And one of them happened to me and continues to happen to me now. Actually, To be fair, all three of these things continue to influence me today. I I should rephrase that a little bit. All three of these examples that I'm going to share with you, two of them, two of these moments happened early on in my life when I was still a kid, but the results of it still impact me today. The third one that I'm going to share with you is something that I'm working on now. And just this week, I had an encounter with it which I'm going to talk to you about in a minute. So example number one happened when I was probably seven years old, I would say. I grew up on a small dairy farm in Nova Scotia, Canada. And our farm was about 10, 15 minutes away from the nearest town. So we were kind of in the middle of nowhere. We were surrounded by woods And open fields and around our property, around those open fields, like I I should have said before, around those open fields were wonderful forests, lots of woods, lots of trees, and almost on a daily basis, my brother and I would go outside to play. And very often we would go on little adventures into the forest. And one of our favorite activities to do when we were in the forest, when we weren't exploring, pretending we were, you know, brave explorers going through new lands, we would often try to build forts. We would take some of the fallen down, you know, branches and old trees and try to work them into the coolest forts that we could. But here's where my first example of negative self-talk comes in. In my mind, I could imagine building these wonderful forts. In my imagination, I could imagine them with wonderfully tall walls, with doors that would open and close. Some of them, the one that I'm thinking of right now, I had created in my imagination this door that I could use rope on to pull up, and down, that it would slide up and it would slide down with a rope. And I had lots of rope and I had built this door as best I could using that rope. I had attached it to the structure of my fort, but when I tried to pull it up with my rope, guess what happened to my fort? It all fell down, all of it. There wasn't anything left standing. And I remember that moment was so frustrating and so devastating to my seven-year-old mind that I left that place crying. I went home crying. I was so frustrated. And in my mind, I was telling myself these words. I'll never be able to build something that works. I'll never be able to build something that lasts. Everything that I do falls apart. Everything that I try falls apart. Oh, that was so, such an important moment in my life. I remember when I got home, God bless my mom. She met me at the door. She must have seen me crying on on the way in, but she met me at the door. She gave me a big hug and asked me what was wrong. And when I told her what had happened, She said the most wonderful thing to me, and it's still, uh, I can still remember it today, 47, well, 40 years later. She said, Aaron, don't ever stop building things because one day you will succeed. Don't ever stop building things. One day you will succeed. But you know what? The the power of that negative self-talk in that moment has followed me to my present day. Today, I'm 47 years old. Today, when I'm trying to work on something, say around the house, like for example, plumbing, this has happened to me several times where maybe we've had a leak in one of our sinks, the kitchen sink in particular. You know, I I don't know very much about home improvement. I'm not one of those handy handyman Guys, I'm not one of those guys at all. So when something breaks or it's not going, it's not working properly, I have to jump on YouTube or I have to ask my dad or someone how to fix this thing. And in the situation that I'm thinking about, our kitchen sink started to leak. So I thought it would be an easy fix. Ha ha. (laughs) It was not an easy fix. Uh, I jumped on YouTube and I found a few videos. And sure enough, for the person on the video, it was an easy five minute fix. All they had to do was unscrew a certain knob, put a little bit of plumber's tape on it, wrap it up, and then put the pipe back together again. And it was running just like it was brand new. But when Aaron tried it, when I tried to fix mine, I got the plumber's tape around the, the, the pipe in the correct way, just like in the video. But no matter how hard I tried to reconnect those two pipes, it kept leaking. It just kept leaking no matter how hard I tried. And I tried and I tried and I tried for hours. And I just couldn't get it to work. I had to ask a friend to come in and help me. And he was able to do a, it. It actually took him a long time to get it working too, actually. So that kind of made me feel a bit better about myself. But can you guess what was running through my mind in those moments as I was working away with great frustration under that sink? Yeah, that that moment of my fort falling apart when I was around seven years old. And those words went through my mind. I'm just not able to build anything. I can't do anything right. Those words flowed so easily and fluently through my mind in that moment. So yeah, my negative self-talk, which started back when I was a seven-year-old with that fort falling apart experience follows me still today and still whispers and yells in my mind when I make a mistake or when something that I'm trying to do doesn't work. Those words come jumping into my mind. The next one that I'm thinking about happened when I was in grade five. Uh, In our school, we had this once a year, starting at, I think, grade five, we would have something called public speaking. Have you ever heard of that? It's where you need to stand in front of a group of people and make a short speech, usually around two minutes. That that was how long our speech had to be. Now, two minutes isn't a long time. At least it doesn't sound like a long time. But when you are someone who is shy, like me, I do not like being in public. Although today I've gotten quite a lot better at it. But I am definitely a card-carrying introvert. I do not like public situations. And standing in front of crowds of people to speak is not my favorite thing to do. Uh, Definitely, it wasn't when I was younger. And I remember in grade five, our class was almost 100 kids. Like the, The class was separated into four groups of about 30 kids in each group. But in the public speaking part, all four of those groups would come together. So instead of it being a group of 30 people, it was a group of almost 100 kids that you had to give your speech in front of. And I remember what my speech was to this day. It was all about hockey. Because, you know, that's one of Canada's most important sports, hockey. And what's weird about that topic is that I have not been ever in my life a sports person. I like playing sports, but I've never been like a jock. I've never been, you know, a a sportsy person that really excelled in sports. That was never me. And I never played ever on a on a on a hockey team. I only played hockey like street hockey. I never was on ice playing hockey. I would watch it on TV sometimes, but that's about as far as my knowledge of the game went. I have no clue to this day why I picked hockey as my topic for my speech. I really don't know why. So I didn't even help myself out by picking a topic that I could speak about with any kind of intelligent things to say. I remember going to our encyclopedia, which tells you a little bit about how old I am, because back then we had to use an encyclopedia to get our information from if we didn't know it already. But I remember flipping through that encyclopedia and finding a great entry, or so I thought, on the wonderful game of hockey. And so I made that the topic of my speech. I've explained out in my speech how to play hockey. I explained the rules of hockey. It must have been the most boring topic that anyone could ever create a public speech about. And what's worse, my friend, is that in my audience, I would say probably oh boy, it, probably 90% of the guys in in my in my class were playing hockey. They were on teams, like like kid teams. They played hockey on a weekly basis, and they knew the rules, and they knew how the game worked. So here I was, a complete nobody, as far as hockey goes, trying to give this speech about what hockey is and how to play it to a group to a group of people who knew so much more than me. But as I was up there, When it came to be my turn on that day, I remember being so completely terrified and so nervous that my hands wouldn't stop shaking. I couldn't keep them still. If I close my eyes right now, as I'm talking to you, I have my eyes closed and I'm picturing that moment and I can still see my little hands shaking in front of me as I'm trying to hold on to my little cardboard cue cards. Oh, I can still see it. It's so, it it burned into my into the movie of my mind, my friend. I can see that. I can feel the heat on my face as I'm feeling so embarrassed because my hands don't stop shaking and I can hear some of the kids kind of giggling as my hands shake. And then the worst possible thing happens. I drop my cards, all of them. Almost all of them. I think I had maybe one or two cards left, but I was so scared and nervous and my hands were shaking so much that when I tried to put my first cue card to the back of my my pile in my hand, I lost my control over the cards and they fell to the ground. I could still see them floating down to the ground as I stood there. In that moment, my friend, I wanted a giant, giant hole to open up underneath of me so I could vanish into it and never appear again. I wanted that to happen. Sadly, it didn't. I had to pick up all my cards, one after the other, try to put them back in order and continue on with my speech. Oh, it was horrible. It was so horrible that moment. And after, the, after my speech was over, after everybody had finished talking, guess who came up to talk to me about all the mistakes that I made in my presentation about hockey? Yeah, all the guys in my class who played hockey. They came up to tell me what I had gotten wrong about their game. It was bad. It was so bad. But do you know what my negative self-talk was telling me about myself in that situation? Can you guess what those words were in my mind? It went something like this. I am never going to speak in public again. I suck at public speaking. I will never be able to do that ever again in my life. It was such a horrible experience. Never do it again. And to this day. Whenever I do have an opportunity to speak in front of others, and I do it on a very regular basis now, especially because of my work that I do, I need to struggle with those words. I need to struggle with that memory of standing in front of those groups of kids with my hands shaking like a leaf in the wind. You know, I I need to struggle with those words of, I'm never going to do this again. I suck at public speaking. So yeah, I'm 47 years old and that moment back in fifth grade still has an impact on me today. And this third point I would like to call, today I met Christine. And this isn't her real name, by the way. But today I met Christine. She's a nurse where I work. One of my self-talk Things that's well, one of my negative self talk messages is that my team members really don't want to talk to me. They're too busy. They're way more important than me. I'm a chaplain. When I'm not teaching English, I work as a chaplain full time. I serve seniors in a senior's home. And in the senior home that I'm talking about, it's, it's a complex care facility, which means we deal with all kinds of difficult and challenging health situations with people who are seniors. In some cases, we work with people with advanced dementia. With others, it's someone who's dealing with mental health challenges. And we need doctors and nurses there 24 hours a day. And part of my job, well, I, I deal with the, the people who live in that senior's home. That's, that's my big job. I, I work with the people who are residents there, who call that place home. My job is to be there for them. But my job is to also try to be there for our team members, because it's a really tough job. But in my mind, for some reason, I, I'm not even entirely sure why, But my self-talk, the negative self-talk, always tells me, like, the moment I walk onto the floor and I encounter some of these nurses, I feel like they are too busy to even want to talk to me. Or they might, in my head, I tell myself they don't even think that my role matters because I'm not a doctor, because I'm not a nurse, because I'm not a professional care aide. I'm a chaplain in my head that those are the words or a version of those words goes through my mind and you know what it does to me it keeps me from interacting with them it keeps me from saying hello to the nurses and doctors because i'm thinking to myself they don't really want to talk to me so i usually or i have avoided them i i just i might say good morning or hello but i don't stand with them to talk. I have no trouble doing that with our residents. I feel very comfortable and calm on the inside when I, when I see a resident and who's sitting by themselves, or even if they're sitting together at a table, enjoying a coffee together, I have no trouble pulling up a chair and sitting down and engaging with them. I do it easily. I don't even think twice about it anymore, but when it comes to talking with team members who are nurses and doctors, there's a part of me that feels intimidated and my negative self-talk becomes pretty loud. It tells me you don't matter. They don't want to talk to you. They don't even think that you matter. So don't even bother. But as I told you before, that's part of my job. Part of my job is to be talking with our nursing team and our doctors. My job is to be there to listen to them if they're going through a hard time. My job is to interact with them and share with them things that I learn from the residents that they care for. Because sometimes I learn things that they don't know. And vice versa, I need to be listening to them as well. Because they know lots of things that I don't know about the residents that I care for. Today, I met Christine. Again, that's not her real name. And it didn't happen today, today, but it happened on Friday. Today, it's Saturday. It happened yesterday in my shift. And when you listen to this, well, it's going to be a completely different day, probably. But this week, I had this experience where there's this one nurse who I, I frequently will say hello She has has said hello to me, but I didn't know her name. I didn't know her name. And every time I would go by her, the positive self-talk in me would start saying, hey, you should ask her what her name is. Just so that you can say hello and have a first name to go along with it. Because she knows my name, which is really frustrating. (laughs) If you're a shy person and somebody knows your name, but you don't know theirs, oh, that, that just is like next level stress because you need to. Oh, dear. Well, that's interesting. My computer just stopped. Well, that was wild. My computer just went to sleep in the middle of me talking. Maybe my podcast is boring. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, what I was going to say was this week I met Christine. I needed to face my negative self-talk. I needed to look at Christine when I was walking by her station where she was busy at work and my negative self-talk by the way was also pretty loud in that moment because I saw her working she was looking through some forms she was writing things down she was busy and in my mind my self-talk is saying don't bother her she doesn't care about you she has to finish this report just be quiet and keep moving along But that day, thankfully, my positive self-talk got the better of me, and it told me, you know, you can do this. This is your job. You need to do this. You need to say hello. You don't have to say anything else if you don't want to. Just say hello and ask her what her name is. And that's what I did. I stopped right beside her. She looked up. I put on my biggest smile, and I said, hi. Uh, You know my name, but... I don't know yours. What's your name? And she had a big smile. She didn't get mad at me. She didn't yell me out for interrupting her. She didn't ignore me, which, by the way, my negative self-talk also has an imagination, I think, because it was imagining her doing one of those things, ignoring me, getting mad at me for interrupting her, or, you know, just being nasty. But instead, she smiled. She looked right at at my eyes and she said, my name is Christine. And it was a really positive interaction. Uh, We didn't need to stay there for, for very long talking. I just said, well, thank you. I'm so glad I finally have your name because you have mine and I don't have yours. And I just, it just doesn't feel right. So thank you for sharing your name with me. And she said, you're welcome and have a great day. And she went back to her work and I went ahead with what I needed to do. But in that moment I was excited because I pushed through my negative self-talk but negative self-talk can have a huge impact on your life and in my case with Christine and with many other nurses and doctors not all of them some of them I've developed a really good relationship with but that negative self-talk about their being too busy or you know they they don't care They don't want to talk to you. All those things are keeping me from doing my job effectively. And that leads me to point number one. The way you talk to yourself, about yourself, your self-talk, is likely one of the top things that is holding you back in English. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it slow because I really want you to hear it. The way you talk to yourself about yourself, that's your self-talk, is likely one of the top things that is holding you back in English. That's why this topic of self-talk is not woo-woo or some weird psychological thing that, you know, doesn't really apply to you. It absolutely does. And I would say that this... Like negative self-talk, I think it competes for the number one slot of why you're not developing your English skills. And I think it competes only with, or possibly with, you building a bubble around yourself in your first language. And I won't go into that topic right now because I've already talked about it. If you look at episode 10 and episode 1 of this podcast, you will have... Uh, you, you will hear what I have to say about that. And I, I kind of talk about it quite a bit, actually. But building a bubble around yourself in your first language, I think, is one of the most common mistakes that English students make. And it's it, it keeps you from making progress in English. So I think that slot, that number one slot, is tied. I think that that number one slot is tied between negative self-talk and building a bubble around yourself in your first language. I think that they compete with each other for the number one thing that holds you back in your English development. So it's pretty important. And I'd like to talk about three ways, at least three ways. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's way more, but for today, for time's sake, I just want to mention three ways that negative self-talk negative self-talk is impacting you. And it has to do with the stories that I told you. The first one, poor self-confidence. Your self-confidence is going to be going down the drain if you are listening to negative self-talk. And for example, my my grade 5 public speaking experience, the disaster that it was, that, my friends, that has had a huge impact on me. It has made me feel like I don't have what it takes to speak in front of other people. And so I don't do it or I try not to do it. So yeah, self-confidence. If you are listening to negative self-talk, you won't have the confidence that you need to be building your English skills. Quite frankly, you need to have confidence to try new things. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but confidence is important when you are working on your English skills and that negative self-talk destroys it. It completely squashes it and breaks it to pieces. and It makes you feel like trash. It makes you feel like you can't. So that's the first impact of listening to negative self-talk. You will have low self-confidence. Point number two, if you listen to self t- negative self-talk, you're going to avoid taking risks. This is huge. This is a huge one. If you're avoiding taking risks, it means that you're not going to open your mouth to try to use English. You-, you just won't. It's a self-preservation mechanism of your brain. It wants to protect you. It wants to keep you safe and in in a way it's it's helpful because it helps you to stay away from embarrassing situations but when you when you're not making mistakes in english you're just not growing you're you're not developing your english skills if you haven't been embarrassed this week by a mistake that you've made you're probably not trying hard enough if you haven't made a mistake this week in using vocabulary or in saying the wrong thing or mispronouncing something the reason why is that you're not trying to use English enough. You're hiding. You are sitting in that safety zone, in that comfort zone, not safety zone. You're, you're sitting in your comfort zone, probably put there by your negative self-talk. My situation where I tried to build that fort and it fell apart and the negative self-talk that often envelops my life when I make a mistake, that, that negative self-talk tries to convince me not to try to do it again. Like, I can't, it tells me. So why bother? That's what negative self-talk can do to you. It will keep you from taking the risks you need to take to build your English skills. Sometimes, my friend, the only way for you to grow with your English skills is to make a mistake. Sometimes that's the only way forward. And playing it safe by not doing anything in English, obviously will keep you from you know, that, that, that embarrassment. It's going to keep you from feeling that awful sense of being feeling stupid or saying the wrong thing. Nobody likes feeling that way. Nobody likes making those mistakes. But unfortunately, there's no other way to move forward with your English skills. There, there just isn't. You need to make those mistakes to learn. Finally, listening to negative self-talk will keep you small. It will keep you small. This story of how I met Christine this week, to me, to me, it's a perfect picture of that. I was staying small. I wasn't stepping out of of that comfort zone. I wasn't becoming bigger than myself so that I could reach out and talk to this person because I was too busy listening to that negative self-talk. And it was just keeping me in this corner, you know, like don't step out of it, stay in the corner, avoid talking to these people at all costs. I bet you, you felt that way. I bet you, you've had that feeling of listening to your, maybe you've never put a word, put a label on it, listening to your internal talk, telling you to, to just not do it, not to step out, keep safe, play it safe. Listening to negative self-talk will keep you small. So we know that self-talk is a thing. We also know that negative self-talk has a powerful impact on you and me. So let's talk about some things that we can start doing about it. First, realize that you do have have self-talk. You do. We all do. And there's nobody who's immune to it every single person on this whole wide world has self-talk positive or negative the next thing i want you to be thinking about is that you need to realize that you can challenge your self-talk just because it is in your mind that you are thinking those thoughts that you are listening to that voice it doesn't mean that it is right it doesn't mean that it is unchallengeable you know like a like a dictator or a Uh, a ruler, you know, that you cannot challenge. That's not true. You can challenge your thoughts. You can challenge the way you talk to yourself about yourself. And finally, you should realize that you can and should change what you think and say about yourself if you discover that it is negative. You can and should change those words that you say to yourself. And here's some ways that you can do that. One, talk back. Talk back to those negative self-talk words that come spewing into your mind when they start spewing in. Talk back. When you notice negative self-talk happening, stop it in its tracks. I will often say something like, stop, that's enough. Or, nope, I might not say it out loud. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I whisper it to myself when I notice those negative words starting to roll around in my mind. I have frequently talked to myself and I frequently will say stop or that's enough or nope, not today. I will frequently talk back to my negative self-talk. You can too. And this next point. Maybe you're going to think I'm weird, and that's okay. But this next point works very well for me. I use my imagination. I'm a visual person. I love to visualize things and imagine things in my mind. I guess that's one of the reasons why I like to write. But I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I'm a geek. I love all things Star Wars. And I always have. Like when I first saw. That first episode way back when I was in elementary school, it was A New Hope. That was what that first movie was called. I was in love with the Star Wars universe. And my favorite two things were a lightsaber and an X-wing. I longed to have one of those things. But do you know how I use Star Wars in my life today, other than enjoying watching the movies or the TV shows whenever I can? I imagine myself, if I'm dealing with negative self-talk, I imagine myself with a bright green lightsaber chopping that negative self-talk to bits, hacking it to bits with my lightsaber, hearing it, my lightsaber hum and, and burn through the air as I chop those negative words apart. For me, this works. For you, maybe you're thinking to yourself, this guy is out to lunch. He is crazy. But hear me out for a second. You should be using your imagination in order to uh, combat some of these negative words that you're saying to yourself. Maybe you won't use my my weirdness, my Star Wars uh, imagination with, with lightsabers and X-wings. Maybe you'll think of something different that you can visualize yourself doing to those negative self-talk uh, messages that come bombarding into your thoughts. Maybe you'll imagine yourself like a giant boxer and you just like give it a big right hook and knock it, those words to the ground. Or maybe you'll imagine yourself as a, a fighter pilot, you know, and you you launch a missile at those words and blow them out of the sky. I don't know. What can you use your imagination for? to help you stop those negative messages from rolling around in your mind. If you're an imaginative person, I bet you're going to come up with something that works for you. And finally, when when you realize that you have a negative message rolling around in your mind and you've addressed it, you've talked back to it, you've told it to stop. Maybe you've used your imagination to blow it to bits like me. Next, you need to replace it. Don't just leave those messages floating around or the the debris of those messages floating around in your mind. Replace the words with something that is true. For example, and this is a common one. I'm never going to try speaking in English in front of people again. I bet you you've had that moment where you've said that to yourself. But you can change those words, you know. You can, instead of you, you, when you, when you hear those words, I'm never going to try speaking in English in front of people again, stop it. Say stop or say, nope, not today. Or whatever phrase you want to say. And instead of those words provide a new message, say something like, man, that was embarrassing, but Embarrassment means I'm taking risks. Embarrassment means I'm growing my English. If I never feel embarrassed, it means I'm not trying enough. I'm doing a good job. Or something to that effect. Something that works for you. But rephrase those words. Don't let the negative message float around in your mind. Stop it cold and then change it. Remember, your negative self-talk can and should be challenged. You need to be the one who does it. Stopping and changing your negative self-talk to positive self-messaging will help you to continue to grow and develop your English skills. Hello, it's me again. I just want to drop in here to first of all say thank you for listening to the podcast today. You know what? I have a lot of fun making this for you, but I often wonder is it really helping? Is it helping you to speak English fearlessly? Is it helping you to learn better ways to prepare for the SELPIP exam? Do you even care about the SELPIP exam? Like, do you tune out if you hear me starting to talk about that exam again? Are you more interested in learning just general English things? I don't know. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I can ask maybe I can ask you for your opinion. So I put together a quick survey. It's literally probably going to take you less than a minute to fill out. It's at selpipsuccess.com forward slash survey. Like I said, it will take you probably less than a minute to fill out. There's four questions. And all I want to know is what you like about this podcast and if I can do something better I really want you to get value out of listening to this podcast and I think the only way I can do it is if by is if I ask you for your opinion so here I am asking you for your opinion all it will take like I said before is about a minute of your time just head on over to cellpipsuccess.com forward slash survey and let me know what you think I would love to hear from you. If you fill out the entire survey, including the last part where I ask for your email address, and by the way, that part is totally optional. If you don't wanna fill out your email address, you don't have to, you can send in the the survey as it is. But if you do, I'll write you back personally to say thank you. And I'll also set up a free 30 minute session with you where we'll talk about your English goals related to the CELPIP exam or English in general. We'll work together on whatever you want. As my way of saying thank you for filling in that survey. So head on over to celpipsuccess.com forward slash survey. And I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. My friend, are you struggling right now with your self prep? Does it feel like you're lost and everyone around you knows what they're doing except you? Don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you don't have someone to ask, um, hello, I'm here. And I'm not even waiting for you to ask for help. I'm inviting you to come and work with me I'm an experienced English teacher and certified SELPIP trainer, and I can help you prepare for your exam. So if you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed with what to study next for the SELPIP exam, and if you're ready to get friendly support and encouragement when you're having a hard time, then today is the day for you to connect with me. I want to work with you. Just go to www.selpipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you'll get a 25% discount when you join the Selpip Success School. I'll put a link for that in my show notes, but that link again is selpipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you will get a 25% discount. The Selpip Success School combines weekly assignments that you can do on your own with unlimited support from me, as well as weekly live coaching calls. Let's work together and conquer the SELPIP exam.